Good morning and Happy New Year. <clears throat> Father, we thank you and praise you for the work that you're doing among us. Uh, especially pray this morning that um, with the testimonies that I'm about to share, the work that you've been doing through the Gideons, in spite of everything that's going on around us, that uh, people will be uplifted and encouraged and also encouraged to more faithfully share the gospel with the lost. And we pray that through all of this, that Christ will be glorified, for all the glory and all the work is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as with most ministries, um, the COVID-19 lockdown was hard on the Gideons International. Most of our, as I reported a year ago, most of our uh, distribution points were closed to us because of the lockdown schools, Hotels, motels, uh, medical facilities, colleges, universities, where we normally give out God's word uh, were closed to us. But that didn't mean that God was not at work. Um, we had, um, in order to reach essential workers, we had what we called our Reach Responders Initiative, where we met with um, the essential workers, police, firemen, EMTs, uh, doctors and nurses, to express our appreciation for the work they were doing um, and also uh, an opportunity to give them New Testaments and share the gospel. Uh, when the schools started opening and teachers were concerned uh, about health, uh, we had our uh, REACH Educators uh, Initiative. <coughs> During the, the lockdown, one of our members, our auxiliary members, who was also a teacher, contacted one of her remote students who had failed to turn in uh, her assignment the girl told her that she had contracted uh, COVID-19 and she'd been confined to her room for two weeks with uh, fever and uh, the other symptoms of COVID. Uh, but as they talked, the, this woman was able to share her personal testimony with the girl who was very interested and asked for uh, a better, more fuller explanation of what she was talking about. So um, the, the teacher went through the, the gospel verses with her. Um, and as she did so, the girl said that she felt really strange and felt like she wanted to cry. She didn't know what was happening. The teacher asked her if she would like to give her life and her heart to Jesus. The girl said, yes, she would. And so they prayed together on the phone. Um, several days later, the girl wrote to the teacher, thanking her again and saying that her commitment to Jesus Christ was the best thing that had ever happened to her. Thank you all uh, once again for your support of the Gideons um, over the years uh, and for allowing me again to come and share with you just some of the stories that we've been hearing about what God has done uh, through the Gideons International. By now, I'm sure you know that we are an interdenominational association of Christian business and professional men dedicated to reaching others for Christ, which we do through personal witnessing and the placement and distribution of God's word. Today, there are a quarter of a million Gideons and Auxiliary uh, serving the Lord in 200 countries and territories around the world and distributing God's word in 109 uh, different languages. <coughs> Romans 10, 17 um, says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As Gideons, we believe that if we will get the gospel into the hands of men, women, boys, and girls, God can use that to lead them to salvation in his son. Since our founding, we've given out more than 2 billion copies of God's word. <clears throat> um, 
This year at the New Mexico State Fair, uh, we gave out more than 3,000 copies of the New Testament. In October uh, at the, uh, the campus of uh, UNM, we gave out more than 2,000 copies of the, the New Testament to students at UNM. And at this year's uh, Arizona State Fair, we gave out 17,000 copies of the Word of God. Now those numbers are quite a bit smaller than the numbers we're used to from pre-pandemic times. But we praise God that once again things are opening up and we're able to get out and share the gospel uh, openly again in our communities. We know that God honors this work because we continue to hear stories and testimonies of those whose lives have been totally changed by the word of God that we spread. <clears throat> um, one young woman, a student at UNM, uh, told us that she had read the uh, New Testament that she had been given previously by the Gideons. And through reading that testament, she had committed her life to Jesus Christ. She then shared the gospel with her roommate, who also became a Christian. Her roommate then shared the gospel with her parents, who in turn accepted Christ. Another student wrote to us telling us how grateful he was for our ministry and for the uh, New Testament that he'd received. He said it came to him at a very difficult time in his life, and it had totally changed his life. Um, the Gideon that he ran into told him that uh, it was the last testament he had on him, and he was praying that God would lead him to the right person. This student said now, today, he's glad that he was that right person. For the two previous years, like many students, when he saw us on campus, he did everything he could to avoid us because he was very angry, uh, had a lot of hate, and didn't want to have anything to do with God. Uh, but on this occasion, he did accept uh, the testament and read it, and as a result, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He wrote to us saying that that was the best decision he's ever made. He also told us not to get discouraged when students refuse to accept the Testaments because he said just like them, for a long time he was lost in his sins. But through the ministry of the Gideons International and God's word that he received through the Gideons, uh, his life was completely changed and he is now a child of God uh, in Christ. He says now he will always remember that first week in October when the Gideons were on campus. Now you can be a part of our ministry in three ways. Uh, first of all is prayer. Please pray that God will continue to open doors. Um, <clears throat> we're thankful that uh, a lot of the pandemic lockdowns have been uh, eliminated, although we keep hearing that they may be closed again. There's still restrictions. Please pray that God will continue to open doors and continue to provide opportunities for us to share the gospel and his word. Um, secondly, you can join us, uh, become a Gideon and uh, help us to share God's word and the gospel in our community. Um, and you can, uh, the third way is you can donate, uh, make an investment, financial investment in our ministry. Um, if you'd like to do that, there are a couple of ways you can do it. Uh, you can write a check or give your money to the church and designate it for the Gideons, and the church will see that we get that money. Uh, or if you want, you can give it to me directly after the service. Uh, we also have, and I know many of you take advantage of this program, we have um, our Gideon card program, and there are cards and envelopes for this purpose out in the lobby where you can 
honor uh, a loved one or remember a lost one by donating Bibles in their names, all you have to do is pick out the card, um, fill in how many Bibles you want to donate uh, with your note, send it to the person you're honoring, uh, and then put your donation in the envelope and send it into uh, to the Gideons. You can also do it online. We have e-cards, so if you want to do it that way, you can also do that online. And I especially want to thank those of you that have taken advantage of the Amazon Smile program. Hopefully you're all familiar with that. If you do online shopping through Amazon Smile, you can designate a charity um, to give to, and one of those is the Gideons International. Um, I like it because it doesn't change the purchase price of your order at all but it does get Amazon to donate to our ministry. Um, in the last quarter, uh, more than $5,000 came to us through the, the Amazon Smile program. And since its inception, uh, we've had over $70,000 come in. And I kind of like having Amazon give to uh, a ministry that shares God's word. <coughs> uh, when we were at UNM uh, last October, one student uh, refused to take a testament. Um, she then walked several steps away and then suddenly turned around and came back and said she changed her mind. She would like one of those little Bibles. So, of course, we gave it to her. She then immediately stomped over to the trash bin and angrily threw it in the trash and said, that's what I think of the Bible. But we don't let those things discourage us because of testimonies such as um, the one that we got um, from Harvey Wilson. Um, Harvey was a uh, maintenance manager for Delta Airlines in Atlanta, Georgia, when one day he found in the trash one of our Green New Testaments. Now, the Green Testaments are the ones that we give away to college students. So some college student had received a testament and thrown it in the trash. Harvey found it, he pulled it out, he cleaned it up, and he set it on his desk. A short while later, he noticed that there were food crumbs on his desk, and this went on for a long time. Finally, a man came in and shared his story with Harvey. What had happened was one day he was trying to dodge work assignments from his supervisor, and he hid in Harvey's office. When he was there, he noticed uh, the, the New Testament, and he started reading it. Uh, he was fascinated by what he read, so then afterwards, every chance he got, he went into Harvey's office to read the New Testament. Through reading the New Testament, he learned about Jesus Christ, and he gave his life to Christ. So even when they're thrown in the trash, God can use them. Um, the, the campus ministries on UNM have told us that after we do our distributions, they keep an eye out. They look in the bushes and in the trash uh, for places where students have thrown them away. They clean them up, and they use them in their campus ministry. So however God uses the word, that's, that's up to him. But even when they refuse to take uh, the, the scriptures and get thrown away, God still finds a use for them. <coughs> um, now, people have noted and oftentimes commented um, that I tend to dress up when I come to church uh, and when I go out. Uh, there are several reasons that I do that, but one reason is it has led to opportunities for me to share my faith. Last October, I was in Phoenix for our uh, Gideon Southwest Association cabinet meeting. Um, I was dressed in a suit, like usual. I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel, waiting for my ride to go to our, our cabinet meetings. 
But one of the women who worked in the hotel came up to me and told me how nice I looked and asked if I was going to some church function or something. I told her, no, uh, I'm a Gideon, and I was there for our cabinet meetings. She looked kind of puzzled, and I said, Gideons, we're the men that put the Bibles in your hotel rooms. And I asked her, I took out my personal workers' testament, what we call our personal workers' testaments, or PWTs. I asked her if she would like her own copy of the New Testament. Uh, she said, yes, she would, and thanked me for it. Uh, and then quickly said, I want to put it someplace where it doesn't get dirty, and she disappeared into a room off on the side. When she came back, I called her over, as I always do when I only have a few minutes with somebody. I told her that whatever she did, if she didn't read anything else, make sure she read what's inside the back cover. Because inside the back cover, we have the gospel verses, the plan of salvation, and the sinner's prayer. <clears throat> um, I then told her that also in the front, uh, she'll find some, some helps, a help section with some verses, uh, um, Bible verses, that address things like fear, worry, sickness, and other things, so that may be helpful. At that point, she started to cry, and obviously was trying hard not to cry. She said that she would look at those because she was really stressed out. She'd been working at that hotel for 25 years, and she was retiring at the end of the week, and she was going to move to Utah. And she was a little scared about that and really stressed out. So I asked if I could pray with her, and she said, yes, I could. So we prayed together, and afterwards she told me, she thanked me, said that was beautiful, uh, and then she really started to cry, so she ran down the hall. <clears throat> but that's one of the things I like about the Gideon ministry is with our personal workers' testament. Many times we have encounters like that where there isn't enough time to go through the gospel in detail, and that's why I always tell them, if nothing else, read what's inside the back cover, and then trust that God will use that in his way um, to reach them with the gospel. And then they also have uh, uh, the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs also to guide them, which is why I like this better than a track. Um, and when I do have more time with someone, uh, it makes it easy because all the gospel verses are right inside the back cover, and there's the sinner's prayer and also a place where you can sign your name and date uh, when you receive Christ. So that's another one of the things that I enjoy uh, about the Gideons. And it's real helpful in those brief encounters when we don't have time to go through it. We can at least put it in their hands and trust that God will use that. Um, one of our Gideons, Terry Smith of Texas, gave a uh, testament. He was doing, a, a, he's in the prison ministry. And uh, he gave a testament to Robert Watkins, who was a young man who was in jail because he had violated his probation. Um, he gave the testament to Robert, and at first Robert said no. Uh, it wouldn't do him any good because he couldn't read, never been able to read, so no good to him. Well, Terry insisted he take it anyway, and he prayed that, that God would open uh, Robert's eyes to the truth of his word. A week later, when he was back in the prison, Robert came up to meet him, really excited, opened up the testament, and read to him from, from God's word. He then said that he had been born with dyslexia. He had never in his life been able to read or write. But here he was a week later reading God's word. Because of that miracle and because of what he had read in God's word, he also committed his life to Jesus Christ. It totally turned his life around, and he ended up uh, just getting a shortened sentence and spending a lot less time in jail. 
than he was going to. Uh, Jay Lorette was born into a good family with a sweet, loving mother, a very caring, providing father uh, who taught Jay uh, some skills and some trades. Um, but they didn't have Jesus Christ in their lives. And Jay fell into uh, drugs and alcohol, drinking, had a drinking problem, and began stealing. By the time he was 13, he began spending time in jail. When he was 21, he had spent six years of his life in jails, prisons, mental institutions, drug wards. <coughs> One night when he was sitting in his dark uh, one-man prison cell, um, he'd come to his end. He was tired, he was lonely, he was frustrated, knew his life was no good, didn't know what to do. <coughs> he fell asleep, but then uh, at um, 2 a.m., for some reason, he, was, he woke up. And he then was drawn to the Gideon Testament that he'd been given earlier. His room was dark, but he got down on his knees and, and opened the Gideon Testament, and suddenly there was a ray of light that came through the prison door. So he started, he looked at the help section, started thumbing through, looking at verses here and there, and none of it made any sense to him. So in his frustration, he started crying, and he threw the testament down on the floor. It opened uh, with the back cover open. He saw that, and he saw the gospel verses. Those made sense to him, um, and he understood that. So he started reading those verses and thinking about it, um, he saw in Romans 5.8 that God loved him in spite of his condition. No matter what he had done, that God still loved him. But he cried out to God and, and said, God, I'm a very bad person. I've done some really bad things. How can you possibly love me? He then went on and read John 3.16 that told him that God had sent his only son to die in his place, to pay the penalty for his sins, and forgiven for all his sins. So there Jay, on his knees, cried and confessed his sins to God and committed his life to Christ. <coughs> when he was released from prison, this time God called him into the ministry. And today he's serving as a prison chaplain and ministering to people on the street. From the time he was a child, Andre Vetrov dreamed of having a good family, a good life, making a lot of money, and having a great career in the entertainment business. <coughs> but to keep his mood up and to stay in a good mood, um, he turned to alcohol, started drinking, and that led to an addiction. Eventually, that led to drug addiction. And one day, he overdosed and went, I guess, into a semi-coma, something. But <coughs> in his overdose reaction, he had a very vivid vision. In this vision, his body, he saw his, his soul leave his body, and he knew that it was death. He then heard a strong voice say, and now hell. That scared the wits out of him. But when he came to, uh, he didn't share the vision with anybody because he was afraid they'd think he was insane. But the vision stayed with him. And um, when he got home, he found a Gideon Testament. 
He had no idea where it came from or how it got there. But he looked at it and he found the, the help section in the front and found that that gave him some, um, some comfort. <coughs> he then, um, where was I? He then, um, too, read about Jesus, learned about Jesus, and uh, he was approached by a criminal gang that uh, he owed a lot of money to this criminal gang. And the problem was he only had half of the money to pay the debt. So again, in his fear, he decided he would turn to the Bible and see if the Bible would give him guidance. Um, the criminal gang was demanding very strongly that he repay. Um, he read Matthew 10, 19 to 20. It says, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now those words sounded to him just like the words he'd heard in his vision and had the same authority as the words in his vision. So he prayed that, God would, that Jesus would save him and somehow get him through this situation. When he met with the gang, he spoke to them so fearlessly that they let him go in peace. <clears throat> when he went back home, um, he realized that that entire day, the first time in forever, he hadn't used any drugs. He hadn't smoked, and he hadn't used any foul language. Something had happened to change him inside. His brother noticed the change in him too, and he told his brother that it was because of the work of Jesus um, in his life. Jesus had changed his life. And today, Andre is a Gideon uh, serving the Lord in Russia. <clears throat> now, many Christians today, I think too many Christians, are doing a lot of good works and charitable works, which is good. Don't get me wrong. That's what we're called to do. But I think too often we're, we're not as concerned about sharing the gospel with the lost. We're interested in doing good things for him, but not really telling him about Jesus and, and leading him into uh, salvation for eternity. Um, when my wife Judith and I were in college, we were very active in what at that time was called Campus Crusade for Christ. Today it's called CRU, C-R-U. Um, and in that, we were very actively sharing the gospel with the lost. Then we graduated, we started careers, um, we had two daughters, uh, and kind of got away from it. We were still very active in the church, but it occurred to me one day that I, I'm just like today. I'm preaching to the choir, uh, which is fine, but I felt like I was called to more. So I prayed that somehow God would fix that. It was a short time after that that I was invited to become a Gideon, which I did. And it's something I've never regretted. The opportunities that God gives us as Gideons to to share the gospel are just amazing. Plus we have tools like our, our personal workers testament and training on how to more effectively share our faith and to reach the lost. <coughs> so if you're like me and, and you feel like you'd like to be more obedient to Christ and the Great Commission, I would encourage you to consider joining us and becoming a Gideon <coughs> because God does give us tremendous opportunities to be his ambassadors and share the gospel. Uh, a Gideon from our Saratov camp in Russia um, was summoned to the police station, told to report to the local police station. He had no idea what he had done or why he was 
called by the police. But he obeyed. He went in. He had to sit and wait for uh, quite a while before he was called up to the, to the desk by the officer to give his name and his address. While he was there at the front desk, another officer came into the room with a young man whom he had arrested on drug charges. Accompanying him were his parents who were crying, and the officer was very angry because this was not the first time this young man had been caught in, in drug deals. <coughs> and, and his parents knew this time it was it. The officer was angrily talking to the young man, saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. You've had every chance. You've blown it. I have no choice now but to put you in jail. Uh, I just don't see any way out of it. He then suddenly turned to the Gideon and said, uh, Sir, do you have any idea how we can help this family? Well, the Gideon said, well, yeah, I do. He took out his personal worker's testament, and he told the family, he said, if you will read this book and commit your lives to Jesus Christ and start attending a Bible-believing church, Jesus Christ can cure your son of his drug problem. Well, the officer asked the family, he said, are you willing to do what this man is suggesting? And kind of their last resort, but they took the testament and they promised to do what the Gideon had said. So the officer said then, in that case, he said, I'm going to let you free, but I don't want to see you back in here again. <clears throat> well, after that, um, the Gideon asked the officer, he said, why was I called in? You know, what have I done? The officers were very apologetic. They said, we're sorry, the whole thing was a mistake. Um, you're free to go. But we know that that was just another one of God's divine appointments to give an opportunity for a Gideon to share the gospel with someone lost that needed it. And that happens to us all of the time. <coughs> um, Fred Hanslick was a medic for the 1st Cavalry in the highlands of Vietnam back during the, the Vietnam era. Uh, he had been there eight months when his unit was and he were caught in a firefight. And he was captured by the Viet Cong, taken prisoner while he was uh, ministering aid uh, to one of his, his fellow soldiers who had been wounded. Um, at the time, he was carrying his Gideon military testament in which he had uh, written his name and his parents' address. While he was captured, he was able to hide that testament and keep it for his time in prison, which was a rough time. He was often beaten, tortured, uh, many times put in solitary confinement, but he had his testament there, uh, which encouraged him and kind of helped him through. He'd been a, a POW for four years when he and two of his fellow prisoners managed to escape and make their way to Thailand and then eventually to the United States. But he'd had to leave everything behind, including his Gideon Testament. Then in 2009, he had a call from his parents who told him he had a letter from Vietnam that came to their address. He looked at the letter, and it was a letter written by one of his former guards who had tortured him. After his escape, the guard had found his New Testament. He began reading it, and through that, he had become a Christian. He then escaped into Thailand and eventually had come to the United States, where at the time he was um, a pastor of a Vietnamese church in Florida, in Miami. 
<laughs> he asked for um, Fred's forgiveness for the torture he'd given him when he was in the prison and asked if he would come to his church and speak you know, on behalf of the Gideons. Fred said he would, but before he got there, uh, Hurricane Andrew struck and this pastor was killed uh, during the storm while he was going around checking on his congregation to make sure all his people were safe. Well, Fred still did go and spoke in the church. And after the service, the pastor's wife returned to him that Gideon military testament that God had used to lead his, for his former guard to salvation in Christ. Here we are today, I'm sure you all know, we're in a very serious spiritual battle uh, in our country and around the world. At our, our Gideon convention, uh, we heard the testimony of um, Sandy Boyd. <coughs> Sandy was, she grew up in an occult family. At a very early age, her grandmother introduced her into witchcraft and the occult. She gave her books on incantations. She taught her how to cast spells, and she involved her in seances. Now, the, as a young girl, that was all Sandy knew. She just assumed that was normal life. But over time, she found out that Satanists and witches and the occult are really not nice people. Her father was very domineering um, and kept her in strict line with the occult and kept her under guard. For most of her childhood, she feared for her life, and so she did what her father said because she was afraid these people were really going to do her harm. Um, her dad, who was a very devout Satanist, introduced her to drugs when she was nine years old. And by the time she was 11, she was a hardened addict and would do anything for drugs. She wanted to escape it, but still getting out of the clutches of these occult people and her father were very difficult. Her father kept close tabs on her, had people watching her all the time. But she did manage to get away for a while. Uh, when she was 17, she ran away from home. Um, but she was still a drug, a drug addict, and she would do anything she could, anything she had to, to obtain her drugs. And her father caught up with her <coughs> um, and had people watching her. But she did get married, and she had a son. Um, she loved her son very much because he was the one person in her life that loved her unconditionally. But to support her drug habit, she turned to prostitution, and her marriage ended in divorce. And she lost custody of her son, which devastated her. Again, because that was the only unconditional love she had known. She moved to Texas, hoping to escape from her father and, and from the satanic activities she was involved in. Um, and she remarried and had a daughter, but the cycle of drugs and prostitution continued, so that marriage also ended in divorce. But this time, she was able to maintain custody of her daughter. But her father did finally catch up with her in Texas, and things started again. <clears throat> um, one night as she lay in bed, she felt something nudge her. She sat up in bed and there she saw an eight foot tall um, hooded black dark figure, which really scared her. 
All the time she'd been in the occult, she'd never experienced anything like this before. This figure said to her, it is time. And that really scared her. The figure went on and said, now it is time for you to pass on to your daughter what your grandmother taught you. Well, now she was afraid not just for herself, but for her daughter as well. She decided the best thing she could do for her daughter was to commit suicide and hope that her daughter would be adopted by a normal family and she could have a normal life free from all the occult that she'd been caught up with. She took a razor blade, drove out to a, uh, a remote area, parked her car in a field, held a razor blade in one hand and let her right hand drop down. And as she did so, she felt something between the seats in the car. She pulled it out and it turned out to be a Gideon New Testament. Now she'd been driving that car for many years and never noticed the Testament before. She had got the car from a drug dealer who she is sure never had the word of God. To this day, she does not know how that Gideon Testament got into her car. But she started looking through it and saw the help section in the front, which gave her her comfort. She dropped her razor blade and began reading and then came to uh, inside the back cover again, where she read the gospel verses and saw the sinner's prayer. She'd never prayed before in her life. She didn't know any prayers, but here she she prayed the sinner's prayer out loud. And as she did so, she felt a change come over her. And she felt God's love and God's peace in a way she'd never done before. Again, because she didn't know any other prayers, she kept praying over and over the sinner's prayer because it gave her comfort and it was a prayer. She went back home and, and got her daughter, uh, again, just really experiencing God's love uh, and God's presence. She hugged her daughter and put her into bed. The next thing she knew, she heard her daughter screaming out uh, as loud as she could at the, the top of her lungs. She went into her daughter's bedroom, and the first thing she noticed was the, ceilings, the ceiling fan was spinning rapidly out of control, so fast that she was afraid it was going to fall off, off the ceiling. It was like something out of a horror movie, you know, what you see on those occult horror movies, the fan just really spinning. Her daughter was standing there in her bed saying, Mommy, Mommy, they're biting me, they're biting me. She picked up her daughter and she noticed her daughter had bite marks all over her arms. So she took her daughter in her arms, <clears throat> went into a corner of her apartment, spent the night there continually repeating the sinner's prayer. The next morning, she called her former father-in-law, who was the only Christian she'd ever known. He, she explained what was going on, and he said, you are involved in a very serious spiritual battle. You need to come here to us and become a part of God's family because you can't get the victory of this on your own. So she moved in with, with this man and, and his wife, uh, lived there for three months, absorbing God's word like a sponge. Because of her commitment to Christ, she gave up everything of her old way of life. And finally, her father, her family, uh, all of her associates, all of the, the Satanists and occultists concluded that while she was gone, she decided that she was going to stay with Christ. So they finally abandoned her and left her alone. So she really began a whole new life. 
God brought into her life a godly man who helped people get out of the occult. And eventually they were married. <clears throat> Today, they are pastoring a church in Garland, Texas. Her daughter, who is now 31 years old, has never been involved in the cult, never cast a spell, is on their worship team. And Sandy thanked us and said today that if God had not used the Gideons International and his word the way he did, she would not be where she is today. Those are just some of the stories that we continue to hear about how God uses our ministry. I want to thank you this morning again for your support and for allowing me to share these things with you. Um, and I would encourage you, again, if you would like to be a part of what God is doing, that you talk to me and consider becoming a Gideon. But even if you don't, as we enter this new year, uh, even if you don't join the Gideons, I would encourage you to be more serious this year about sharing the gospel with those that God brings into your path. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, again, we are so thankful for your word, for your power, for all that you've done for us and all that you give to us through your son. <clears throat> we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be a part of what you're doing in people's lives. We thank you for the gospel that you've given us and we thank you for the tools that you've provided us and the Holy Spirit who can guide us. So we don't need to be afraid of sharing the gospel with those who need it. Even those who reject it, <clears throat> we know that, that your will is being done and that you can still reach them. We pray that over this next year, as we enter a new year, that we will see revival in our community and that we will take advantage of the opportunities you give us and see more and more people this year come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We know that's really the only hope for our culture and for our eternities. Thank you again for this morning. Thank you the, for the fellowship that we have with you and with each other. Thank you for your presence here. And please be with us for your glory as we go from here in Jesus' name. Amen.